welcome to another episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered readings, which I hope will help you to relax and fall asleep. Episode number 209, and specifically, it's a fade-out episode. I'll start with my usual guided relaxation to tuck you in, and then to fade you out, I'll read you the poem, Alexander and Zenobia, by Anne Bronte. If you're a new listener, then welcome to my little world of whispers. Each week I rotate through one of six types of episodes to calm those squirrels in your brain. These episodes include Whisperpedia episodes, Storytime episodes, Trivia Time episodes, chat episodes, batch episodes, and tonight you'll hear a fade-out episode. If you're interested in listening to over 200 more Whisper episodes like this one, or listening to my special 8-hour-long episodes of nature sounds, and background noises like raindrops and ocean waves, ceiling fans, and white noise, then feel free to click the links in the show notes, or you can visit my website at sleepwhispers.com. Tonight's fade out is the poem Alexander and Zenobia by Anne Bronte, with some minor edits by me for suitability for this podcast. Poems are something I do occasionally feature in fade out episodes. The last time I read a poem was in episode 179, so I figured it was time for another poem. You may recognize the name of the author, Anne Bronte, or at least recognize her last name. She was born in 1820 and was the youngest of the three Bronte sisters. So if you know the Bronte sisters, you most likely at least know these older two sisters. Charlotte Bronte is the oldest and is probably best known for her novel Jane Eyre. 
and in the middle sister was Emily Bronte, and probably best known for her novel Withering Heights. Anne Bronte also wrote novels, but tonight I'll be featuring one of her poems. It is a story of teenage love between a young man whose name is Alexander and a young woman, Zenobia. The premise of the poem is these two are deep in love, but then Zenobia is scheduled to leave Alexander and return to the island of Gondol. And you probably have not heard of the island of Gondol unless you read a lot of Bronte works, because Gondol is an imaginary island in the North Pacific, which was created by Anne Bronte and her sister, Emily Bronte. first half of the poem focuses on their final moments together and how these lovesick teenagers are really worried if they will ever see each other again. And then the second half of the poem focuses on the hope and anticipation of them meeting up again. I don't want you worrying about if these young teenage lovers are ever going to see each other again. So I'm just going to go ahead and spoil the ending. The poem ends with their happy reunion. This, <laughs> this is not a tragedy like Romeo and Juliet. And I spoiled the ending because listening to a poem for falling asleep is less about the story and more about the soothing pace and the methodical rhythm of the words, which is how I end up picking specific poems, is to have to have this right kind of pace and rhythm. So allow your squirrels to focus on this hypnotic flow and the rhyming of the words, and hopefully you'll be long asleep before the young lovers get to embrace each other again at the very end. Before I relax you with the usual tuck-in and then put you to sleep with tonight's fade-out, I have a suggestion for something else that may help you fall asleep. It's a weighted blanket. I've been using a weighted blanket every night for over a year. It, it makes me feel more secure 
chased by a lover who has finally returned from being in a faraway island. <laughs> well, okay, not exactly like that, but it is very comforting. Gravity is the sponsor of this episode, and I've recently switched over to their weighted blanket, and it is much softer and more snuggly than my prior weighted blanket. It's a, a cozy improvement. Using a gravity weighted blanket may even decrease your stress hormones and allow you to get a deeper, more restorative sleep. You can learn more about gravity blankets at gravityblankets.com and use the promo code WHISPERS to get 20% off your purchase today. That's gravityblankets.com and use promo code WHISPERS to get 20% off your purchase today. And for your ease, you can also peek in the show notes of this episode for all that info I just mentioned. Alright, on to my usual ear-to-ear tuck-in, and then on to tonight's special fade-out to fully tranquilize those squirrels in your brain. Here's your tuck-in. If your lights are on, then go ahead and turn them off. If you have a mobile device, turn off the screen and set it aside while you continue to listen. Adjust your pillows just the way you like them. Adjust your covers and sheets just the way you like them. Go ahead and find a comfortable position. side. Or you can lie on your front. Whichever is the most comfortable position for you. Next, relax the muscles in your legs. Relax the muscles in your arms. Relax the muscles in your shoulders. 
something good that happened to you. It may be something good someone did for you. Or it may be something good you did for someone else. This will be the happy thought you'll focus on if you find your mind wandering during the fade-out. Finally, allow your entire body to fully relax. Focus your mind on that one happy thought. And for the next few seconds, settle your breathing rate to a pace that feels relaxing and comfortable for you. And then I'll begin the fade out. Alexander and Zenobia by Anne Bronte Part 1 The Difficult Departure Fair was the evening, and brightly the sun was shining on desert and dove. Sweet were the breezes, and balmy the flowers, and cloudless the heavens above. Arabia's distant land, and peaceful was the hour. Two youthful figures lay reclined, deep in a shady bower. One was a boy of just fourteen, bold, beautiful, and bright. Soft raven curls hung clustering round, a brow of marble white. brow and ruddy cheek spoke of less burning skies. Words cannot paint the look that beamed in his dark, lustrous eyes. The other was a slender girl, blooming and young and fair. The snowy neck was shaded with the long, bright, sunny hair. deep eyes of watery blue, so sweetly sad they seemed, and every feature in her face with bents of sorrow teemed. He said, Zenobia, I never saw a lovelier eve than this. I never felt my spirit raised with more unbroken bliss. So deep the shades, so calm the hour, 
so soft the breezy sea, so sweetly Philomel begins her heavenly melody. So pleasant are the scents that rise from flowers of loveliest hue, and more than all, Zenobia, I am alone with you. happy here alone in such a healthy spot. He looked to her with joyful smile, but she returned it not. Why are you so sorrowful, he asked, and heaved a bitter sigh. Oh, tell me why those drops of woe are gathering in your eye. Gladly would I rejoice, she said, but grief waste on my heart. Can I be happy when I know tomorrow we must part? Yes, Alexander, I must see this happy land no more. At break of day I must return to distant Gondol shore. Must bid farewell, and at the close of day, you will be wandering alone, and I shall be away. I shall be sorrowing for you on the wide, weltering sea, and you will perhaps have wandered here to sit and think of me. And shall we part so soon? He cried. Must we be torn away? Shall I be left to mourn alone? Will you no longer stay? And shall we never meet again? Hearts that have grown together, must they at once be rent away and kept apart forever? Yes, Alexander, we must part but we may meet again. For when I left my native land, I wept in anguish then. Never shall I forget the day I left its rocky shore. We thought we had bid adieu to meet on earth no more. When we had parted, how I wept to see the mountains blue dimmer and more distant till they faded from my view. And you too wept with little thought after so long a time to meet again so suddenly in such a distant clime. We met on gracious classic plain our parting drawing nigh and let us hope to meet again beneath our gondol sky. Zenobia, do you remember a little lonely spring among Exena's woody hills where blackbirds used to sing? And when they ceased as daylight faded from the dusky sky, the pensive nightingale began 
to sing and then to fly. Sweet bluebells used to flourish there, and tall trees waved on high, and through the ever-sounding leaves the soft wind used to sigh. At morning we have often played beside that lonely well, at evening we have lingered there till dewy twilight fell. And when your fifteenth birthday comes, remember me, my love, and think of what I said to you. My words are from above. At evening wander to that spring and sit and wait for me. And here the sun has ceased to shine. I will return to thee. Two years is a weary time, but it will soon be fled. And if you do not meet me, no, I am not false, but dead. summer day declines on forest plain and hill and in that spacious palace hall so lonely wide and still beside a window's open arch in the calm evening air all lonely sits a stately girl graceful and young and fair the snowy Ashes long conceal her downcast eye. She's reading until now I have passed unnoticed by. But see, she cannot fix her thoughts. They are wandering away. She looks towards a distant dell where sunny waters play. And yet her spirit is not with the scene she looks upon, she muses with a mournful smile on pleasures that are gone. She looks upon the book again that chained her thoughts before, and for a moment strives in vain to fix her mind once more. Trembling drops are shining in dark celestial eye, and thus alone and still she sits, musing on years gone by, till with a sad and sudden smile she rises up to go, and from the open window springs onto the grass below. Why does she fly so swiftly now? Down the meadow green, and over the gently swelling hills, and the veil that lies between. She passes under giant trees that lift their arms on high, and slowly wave their mighty boughs in the clear evening sky. And now she threads a path that winds 
through these deeply shaded trees. When naught is heard but sighing gales and playful chickadees. She hastens on through sunless gloom to a vista opening wide. A marble fountain sparkles there with sweet flowers by its side. At intervals in the velvet grass a few old elm trees rise, while a warm flood of yellow light streams from the western skies. Is this a resting place? I know. She hastens onward still. The startled deer before her fly as she ascends the hill. She does not rest till she has gained a lonely purling spring where zephyrs wave the verdant trees and birds in concert sing. And there she stands and gazes round with bright and searching eye, then sadly sighing turns away and looks upon the sky. She sits down on the flowery turf, her head drooped on her hand, her soft luxuriant golden curls are by the breezes fanned. A sweet, sad smile plays on her lips. Her heart is far away. And thus she sits till twilight comes to take the place of day. But when she looks towards the west, the sun is dimmed in tone and hears that every bird but one to its nightly nest is flown. And sees that over nature's face a somber veil is cast. With mournful voice and tearful eye, she says, The time is past. You will not come, I might have known. It was a foolish hope, but it was so sweet to cherish the dream that helped me cope. may be foolish thus to weep, but I cannot check my tears to see in one short hour destroyed the darling hope of years. He is not false, but he was young, and time rolls fast away. Has he forgotten the vow he made to meet me here today? No. If he lives, he loves me true, and still remembers me. If he is gone, my joys are sunk in utter misery. We parted in the spicy groves beneath Arabia's sky. How could I hope to meet him now, where gondola breezes sigh? He was a shining meteor light that faded from the skies, but I mistook him for a star that only set to rise. And day and night I've thought of him and loved him constantly and prayed that heaven would prosper him where 
wherever he might be. You will not come. He's wandering now on some far distant shore, or else he sleeps the sleep of death and cannot see me more. Oh, Alexander, is it thus? Did we but meet to part? Long as I live, thy name will be engraven on my heart. I shall not cease to think of thee while life and thought remain. Envisioning you with me now is all by heaven vain. She ceases now and dries her tears, but still she lingers there. In silent thought till night is come, and into dark to stare. But lo, a tall and stately youth ascends the grassy slope. His bright dark eyes are glancing round. His heart beats high with hope. He has journeyed on unweariedly from dawn of day till now. The warm blood kindles in his cheek. The sweat is on his brow. But he has gained the green hilltop where lies that lonely spring. And lo, he pauses when he hears its gentle murmuring. He dares not enter through the trees that veil it from his eyes. He listens for some other sound with hopes lofting high. One moment more of sad suspense, and those dark trees are past. The lonely well bursts on his sight, and they are met at last. This is the end of tonight's fade out. I hope you are deeply relaxed, or even better, deeply asleep. Good night. Sleep well.